in the night Stripes in our veins, sparks gonna fly The beast is awake, orange, black and white Cause when the jungle come alive Who day we ignite in Cincinnati, we gon' rise in us In the jungle, we unite in us Drippin' orange and black and white Who day when we fight, live and die in these stripes Wake up the beast, every gang day is a feast Time to bust it off the leash In the jungle, drippin' heat Tiger stripes, the city streets East side, stand up West side, stand up If you reppin' who day Time to put your hands up Dingle stripes, we in it New day, new age, yeah, we did it Cincinnati jungle fit it Who they in our house, we win it Orange and black and white, we build it Earn our stripes, you know we kill it Bleed our colors, jungle dripping Nasty natty, yeah, we live it Lit the crowd, get the city loud Yeah, we feasting now Fit the pounce, make the city howl Now we beastin' now Thunder through the tunnel From the sideline to the huddle Stripes, we tatted on the jungle When we flex that Who they muscle on them? Stripes! Cincinnati, we gon' rise in in the jungle we unite in us Drippin' orange and black and white Who day when we fight When they die in these stripes uh. Now who gotta move like it on Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, the Iceman, Jeff Trenopole. And as always, I bring you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio. Home of the AFC champion, Cincinnati Bengals. That's to be your favorite. If you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. All right, I'm going backwards. <laughs> Before Christmas, I was at 2009 subscribers. Yesterday, I was at 2006. Now the 2005. So we're going the wrong direction, people. <laughs> we're at 2005 subscribers. As always, I appreciate every single one of you guys. So if you're watching Facebook or Twitter and you have yet to subscribe to my channel, please do so. Please go to the YouTube channel, Sports with Strawberry Ice. Hit the subscription button. Hit the bell for notification. And every time I go live, you'll be notified. Also, in the, exclusively in the YouTube chat crew, we're doing super chats. So if you have something that you would love Centauri to break down for the film study, or a question you want to ask him, or he sent a tweet out that you're just so upset with him because he does this. He puts stuff out there that pisses people off, and you want to come at him. Give me a super chat. <laughs> anyway, I'll come to you live from the Ice Cave. The Ice Cave is brought to you by T Properties. T Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out their website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. And as always, also got the jackpotjoey9.com, along with the delicious Jackpot Joey beer. I know uh, John Hinkle has been messaging me today. He went to Jungle Gyms, got him a couple of Jackpot Joeys out there. I hope you enjoy it. It's delicious. Uh, he asked if it was in Kroger. Not in Kroger yet, but it's pretty much everywhere else. I always tell everybody to go to Jungle Gyms because usually everybody knows where Jungle Gyms is. Uh, but if you guys want any of the merchandise or anything like that, um, it's not uh, the website's still up, but you can't purchase any, anything yet. We are working on making it easier for you guys to purchase the hats, the hoodies, things like that. So uh, hopefully by Monday, Tuesday next week, it'll be back up there so you can purchase the stuff and make it a lot easier for you. And just remember, all proceeds, or not all, portions of the proceeds go to the Joe Burrow Hunger Relief Fund and the Joe Burrow Fund. Also, have you guys signed up for Betfred yet? If you haven't, why not? We are days away from being able to make legal sports betting in the great state of Ohio. So go to betfredsports.com. I think our, our you know, betfredsports.com slash Ohio slash Bengals underscore boys too. You can go there. New Year's Eve, they're having a great party down at Moreline House. I've been invited. Um, we're not going, but you guys should go. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm too old to go do this stuff anymore. Um, Another fun thing they're going to have at the New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, they're at the Fulling Warehouse. Uh, that one I might show up show up to. Either way, I think you guys should go. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hang out with, with the Jasons. Get there. Get your bets on. And let's have some fun. 
All right, what's up to everybody in the chat crew? We got Kevin, we got Nicholas, we got Haas, we got uh, Porkchop, Crip, Stranger. You were first, by the way. Just got to tell you that. Uh, Rob, you're in there. What's up, brother? Greg's. Uh, Dean, what's going on? Anyway, how you guys doing? Are you ready? Is it Monday yet? I'm ready for it to be Monday. I'm, I'm ready to get this show on the road. I want to see the Bengals versus Bills. I think the schedule makers did an unbelievably awesome job of scheduling this game. I mean, I've been excited about it since, you know, the schedule came out. I mean, Santori is so excited about it. He's actually going to be at the game. So, it's a lot of fun. Anyway, speaking of Santori, let's get to him. You say actually at the game like I never go. Well, you don't go to all of them. This one, you 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 specifically requested. I did. To go to this one, so. I did, you yeah. You struggled my, this one. My dad's got uh, season tickets, and I have like seven siblings, so he kind of looks at all of us and says, which one? And so, I was like, well, which which one's Glenn going to? <laughs> Glenn Goodberry's going to the Buffalo game, so I'm going to Buffalo. Oh, so you, you're, you're forgetting about Joe. You just want to see, see uh, Glenn. That's it. I love Joe, but Glenn, Glenn talks to me on the regular basis about blue cheese and pizza and Buffalo wings. So. <laughs> Main after go. my own heart. There you go. All right, man. So how was last weekend? I mean, it was a – this one thing that, that I won't say scares me, but it's back-to-back weekends where we've had – Heckle and Josh, Heckle and, um, not Josh. Heckle and Hyde. Heckle and Hyde, thank you. Of first half to second half, I couldn't even say the word. You know, first half last week was awful. Second half, or, you know, Tampa was awful. Second half, first half was awful. Second half was great. This week, first half was awesome. Second half was terrible. And we made plays. What is going on? Why, why is this happening? What do you think? Did, did Zach take, his foot off the gas. That's what I think happened this past week. Right. So the first game against Tampa, um, I think they came out a little flat. I don't know if they were just overconfident or whatever, but sometimes you come out flat. It is what it is. It's not the first time we've seen it this year. Um, they've had a huge tendency to start out slow in the Zach Taylor era. This is not anything new. And you just had a team that kind of took advantage of it. Um, it's Tom Brady. He's seen everything 10 times, you know, and he's, if, if he sees an opening, he's going to strike. That's the way he's been for a quarter of a century now. So I'm not going to sound old. That makes me sound old. I'm not going to underwrite what Tom Brady did in that first half because he was sharp as hell. He, he looked really good. Um, I think he gets a lot of bad rep because Tampa's not doing well, but Tom's still Tom. He's, he's playing at an incredibly high level still. He's very efficient. How that um, second half? What, how did Tom look in the second half, though? Well, Lou made his adjustments. <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, that's it's it's a it's kind of the perfect metaphor uh, for for how this entire season's gone with Lou. Um, just at polar ends, you know, slow start, big finish. It's just mm-hmm. it's the epitome of everything that's gone on. It was just the polar ends of it, really. Um, so it's. Nothing different than what we've seen, just maybe to the extreme of what we've been seeing. Slow start, big finish. So I, we can't have a slow start, big finish. Well, we can, but uh, but Buffalo is one you you to me you can't get off to a slow start. They they got to come out and play them toe to toe at the beginning of this game to the end. And also, well, I, I agree with you first and foremost. I never like starting slow, um, right. but Buffalo's had a tendency to do it too. Um, I mean, they were kind of. Going toe to toe with the Bears this week, it, it took them. A I like while. I said that the Bears. <laughs> it kind of took them a while to get going, and the Bears weren't really moving the ball. Josh Allen's turned the ball over nine times in like the last three games. It's you know that I'm not ready to say that they're firing on all cylinders either. You know, you've got two mega powers getting ready to collide that aren't necessarily playing their best ball right now. So. I'm not giving the excuse of, yeah, it's okay. They can start slow, but if they start slow, it's not over. What did you say about Glenn? I meant to put Dennis's up there. Oh, let's see, Glenn. <laughs> uh, Miles, Glenn Goodberry is not it's going Tommy to the game on Monday. He threw out <laughs> throwing dildos on the field. He needs Tommy John surgery tomorrow. Right. I'll have to I'll have to ask 
ask Glenn that when I want to see him Monday. You know, I'll, the rumor is you, you threw your arm out. You I'll, I'll call him after the show and I'll tag him in this clip. Be like, hey, what's going on here? Yeah, yeah. Are you are you on IOR? What's going on, man? Right. It's <laughs> a good question from Dean down there. If you want to pump that up, I, I put that out there. Uh, do you take the ball first if we win the toss? The Bengals have been uh, <laughs> have been good out of the gate. Now, see, I, I this is kind of a joke. It is a joke, but I always say, does it come down to the coin flip? Just being silly. But I mean, I, I, me personally, I'm taking the ball because uh, you're a dean. We've done better. It seems like when we take the ball and get get out first. So that's the only thing that keeps me saying it's okay if they get the ball first, and that's as far as I'll take that. It's okay. I am willing to roll with it because it's kind of worked this year. Um, I hate taking the ball first uh, and I don't care who you're playing. I absolutely hate taking the ball first. I, I see it as a win-win regardless if you kick off, if right. you're down, I get the extra possession right away to try and close the gap. If I'm winning, I get the extra possession to try and drive the fork, you know, right through the team. Um, th- there's never a bad thing with starting off with the ball in the second half. Um, it's never good to kick off to start the second half. If you're got a decent lead, they can cut right into it right away. If you're losing, <laughs> you know, it, it's just the inverse. If right. it's a win-win to kick off, if it's a win-win to receive in the second half, it's a lose-lose to kick off. That's just how I see it. Um, I know there's the whole fast start thing. Um, I trust my defense to kick off. Um, I, I just, I know that's kind of a defensive. It's not necessarily an aggressive point of view, but I, I always agree with kicking off first. But uh, one thing I would say about this, I'm you don't always get the choice. That's that's right. why they flip the yeah. coin. But if I have my choice, I kick every single time. One thing I say about this Bengal team this year, to me, they've won every which way you can. So it doesn't oh, yeah. matter. Yes. But does it really? I say, yeah. yes, it does matter. But it, this team has shown that they can come back from just about anything man it matters philosophically but at the end of the day if you're a bad team it doesn't matter um it's one of those things if you're bad maybe this is the way i need to phrase it if you're bad it gives you a better chance if you're good it shouldn't matter um, and it really it hasn't mattered in the seven game winning streak to be honest i mean we've kicked off and we it, were it's one of those things where it's six of one half dozen another if if mm-hmm. i always say and, and you can go back and find this a million times whether it's podcast yours dales wherever it's i don't look at games in terms of points i look at games in terms of possessions how many possessions am i down that that leads me whether i want to go for two or kick field goals or whatever you know we can have that whole conversation another day um but if my objective is to have more possessions and more chances than the other team, it doesn't really matter, um, especially if all's fair and love and war. If I'm getting one more possession in the first half by receiving, then they're getting one more possession in the second half by receiving. I would just like the opportunity to start closing the gap as soon as possible if there is one, especially right. if I've already made my adjustments. So that's kind of where that whole philosophy falls. Well, one thing, I guess going back to, to my point, I've said this, on the show kind of yesterday is one thing I am thoroughly enjoying about this version of the Bengals is they don't blink. Uh, we're going to talk about it here in the film study, but the, the, uh, the hell Mary, I call it the third and what was it, third and 23 or whatever. Third and 29. Third and 29. Watched it about a hundred times today. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that that's when we're going to break that down here in a minute, but, but that play alone past Bengals teams would have broke them. I always go back to, 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 to the, uh, 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 Denver Broncos, uh, opening opening game, uh, 29, yeah, 2009, I know. 2009. Stokely caught the deflection off Lane yeah. Hall. We yeah. don't need to talk about I, that. Broke that broke that broke the team. I mean, I, that, those are things that happen that broke the team. Stuff happens in this with this team, and they don't blink. They don't break. I thoroughly love that about this team, and, and you don't well, find that in in every that, team. That's, that's one person in particular that mm-hmm. drives that, and that's Zach. Right. Your team's attitude is 100% purely a reflection of the coach. If you've got a team that quits, you have a coach that's allowing it. Um, One thing I learned when coaching was the mantra, um, and a guy named Jeff taught me this. Um, Great name. Smart guy, um, probably. (laughs) Jeff always taught me, and I think he got this from the Nick Saban School of Coaching, uh, you're either coaching it or allowing it. Right. So if your team's a bunch of fucking quitters (laughs) – you're coaching it or allowing it. Which one is it? Zach doesn't coach it. He sure as hell won't allow it. 
Yeah, I mean, when you have when an entire team has the same heartbeat, that doesn't come from the players. That that comes from the next level up. Now, one thing I want to ask you here, and this is this thought crossed my mind, and I hate this, but when they got the last first down before we turn the ball over, and I think there's a minute forty, minute forty three left in the game or something, the thought goes through my mind. I was talking to Chandler about. I said, "Do you? I know you had to get a touchdown. I understand that. Do you let them score?" Oh, I I was. Huh? Was that? Yeah, I was gonna let him score. That, that's kind of where I was at because uh, once they got that first down, I'm like, oh crap! Because they could, I thought they could like really milk the clock down all the way, all the way down, and score. And this game's over. We don't have, the, we don't have a chance to get the ball back. They, they could have, um, but I don't think that crossed any of their minds. I don't think it did either. Um, normally, and again, this kind of goes back to which attitude and mantra do you have? Right. It's kind of a. It's kind of a loser's mentality to let someone score. Right. Yeah. No, I don't because like you don't it. think yeah. you can prevent it. Right. Um, that's just a lack of confidence. Now, the the idea that I'm just gonna force a turnover here is just as insane to me because those are it, it, I mean well, what the is, I mean, they've done that time the, after time. The best time running backs, year. the best running backs might fumble three or four times a year on 300 carries. I mean, it's like you you have maybe a one and a half to two percent chance of forcing a fumble on any given play, whereas I probably have better odds of letting Joe Burrow go down the field and try and kick a field goal because where it was a four point lead, I was only going to need a field goal. But then my other thought process is Evan McPherson's been dog water today, so do I really want to let it rely on Joe and Evan, or do I want to see if in this wacky weather ass game my defense that has been very timely all year and give them the opportunity. I don't know. It's to me, it was. Thank God that, that it worked. Well, I mean, and I, 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 I heard this nickname. This I I, I want to put this out there for Lou Anaruma, Ludini. I Ludini. Ludini. I, I thought I heard that on the radio today. I said I don't remember who the guy said it. I said that's a perfect nickname for him. Ludini did it. I mean, he is. He is as big of a part of this team. I'm not saying he's more important than Zach, but I mean, they're like right there, dude. I mean, if. We can't do half the stuff that or accomplish half the stuff that the Bengals have accomplished without Ludini. Well, Zach, Zach did it right. Um, and what, what I mean by this is the, the philosophy of building a coaching staff, right? If you are an offensive minded coach, meaning you're going to have your hands on the offense, you need to make sure that you have a balls to the walls, awesome defensive coordinator, because that's something that you are just going to delegate and say, take care of this. I'm going to do my head coaching duties and work with the offense. That's not my game. That's your game. You have full responsibility. Go. And you need to make sure your defensive coordinator is all over it if that's the case. And they did that great. Go back to the Marvin Lewis era. How many great offensive coordinators did they have? (sighs) Hugh Jackson had a a good run for a year or two. Um, I was not a fan of Gruden. Those are really the only two that really come to mind, to be honest. Right. Um, I don't call him great. They were okay. was terrible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we had him forever. I was, it's, it's just one of those things where, you know, Marvin's a defensive coach and they never really just gave responsibility to the offense to a really, really good offensive mind. It was always kind of, how, how are we going to do this? So when you have Zach, who's an offensive minded guy and it's him and Brian over here, and then Lou's pretty much isolated doing his own damn thing. Right. It's worked well. And that's well, the that, way it that, should that, go. That goes to where I think Zach does a great job of delegating things. You know, because because I, I, I heard again on the radio today, um, I can't remember what game it was. One of the games that, that uh, um, um, Chase was out. I think it was Tennessee game. And he supposedly came up to Zach and said, hey, I think you can hit uh, Trenton on the back shoulder fade to get that that first down conversion and zach listened to him not there's no way in hell marvin lewis would ever listen to any of his players to about a play call or anything you know back back in the day um when i was on the sideline we we wouldn't necessarily take everything the player said for gospel because there's a lot of testosterone and emotion going on they might not this is what chase was he wasn't even in the game well well, right but what i'm saying is we would always listen to them Right. Because they are an extra set of eyes, and they do have a they have a different angle, literally a different right. angle and perspective right. than we get. Um, so if if there is a lot of times too, you know, if I'm coaching defensive backs, 
I can't watch all four or five guys at the same time. I can't watch the entire opposite field if I'm on the sideline. It's it's hard. So if, you know, I've got a kid coming up to me saying, hey, the last two snaps, they've ran a double move on me. Um, let's go cover two and we'll have a safety bite over top. I'm going to go, all right, like let's – if that's what they're doing backside, I haven't been able to watch. I'm going to trust you. Right. And then I'll go to my coordinator and say, hey, they're running double moves backside. Um we need to make sure we're ready for that. Okay. And 90% of the time, the kids are right. Um, you've, it comes down to trusting your players. And that comes down to, I'm going to trust my player if I know that they pay attention in the film room and I know that they're paying attention to me. So it, it's kind of a full circle thing. Right. Um, I trust them because I know that they paid attention to me. So if they had, you know, in that there's a relationship thing there. If the player has, not not necessarily the balls or the guts, but they have the, the the fortitude to come up and say, we need to try this because I'm seeing this. If I don't trust them, it means I've done a good job explaining something as a coach. Right. If I trust them, it means that, that that entire relationship and that connections work properly. So if, you know, Jamar's going up to Zach, one, they have that relationship, they can talk. Right. Two, if he's saying, I trust Trenton Irwin and Joe Burrow to make this play because this is what I'm seeing – in Zach listens, that means they're all on the same page. That, that right. communication is so, so important. Right, exactly. And that that's that goes back to one of the first things Zach said when he took over. It's getting the right people in the building. And that and Zach got all kinds of crap for, for the way he shuffled the old Bengals out of here, but he got him out of there because to get the right guys in. Lou, Lou did the same thing with his deal. Because, I mean, like I guess I fully admit the first year I called him Lou and Armadillo. I had no idea what the hell he was trying to do. I'm like, it didn't make any damn sense. Now I see it. And I think it's one. And unfortunately, I think he's, well, unfortunately for us, I think Lou's going to be a head coach next year somewhere. Uh, so, maybe they, that's not the current trend of the league. They that's that's, not, to take right. young that's offensive our only, lines, not old defensive right. guys. That, that's our only hope is that they want everyone to stick with the, with the trend. Lou's kind of a throwback. Um, and if you remember, he got in trouble early on here with his mouth. Right. Um, a lot of players did not like his attitude. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't know. I mean, it's it's one of those things where he I think he's 56. You know, he, he is 56. He's not an offensive guy. He doesn't run offense. This is an offensive league. They like young coaches. They want the, the next McVay or the next Zach Taylor, mm -hmm. you know, and quite frankly, the, the next guy in that line would be Callahan, who comes from an NFL family who came from. Taylor, who came from McVay. I mean, right. that same tree and that same trend would follow does, closely think, with Callahan. Do you think he gets doesn't get the credit that he deserves because he doesn't quote unquote call plays, which we both know he does call some plays. He calls about half of them. Yeah. Um, but 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 the rule, but the, the the narrative out there is that Zach calls them all. So the the temperature of the room is always different between fans and NFL circles. Um. Fans don't give him enough credit. NFL circles absolutely love Brian Callahan. Um, he is he, he's kind of the hot shot young rock star coming right. up. Right. Um, and a lot of fans don't necessarily see it. And I think they're going to be blown away when he's the coach of like the Raiders next year or whoever decide because there's going to be probably eight head coaching changes. I went through the list today. Um, there, there's going to be seven to eight head coaching changes. And you've got two guys on your staff that are more than qualified. I mean, because here, here's the other thing with Callahan. It's not like he just came from Zach Taylor. Callahan's dad is the offensive line coach for the Browns, you know, and, right. and that whole that whole coaching tree came from the Shanahan tree. Mm -hmm. So not only is he part of the McVay and Taylor tree, he's part of the Callahan tree, and he's right. part of the Shanahan tree. He's got three different NFL lines that we're all going to vouch for him, and they're right. three of the biggest names for the NFL coaching trees right now currently in the league. All right, so um, let's put it this way. All right, let's say we lose one or both of them. Okay. Uh, Crips, Crips already saying the defense line coach, which is um, um, oh geez, why do I forget his name? Um, oh god, it starts with it's like Marion Hobby. Marion Hobby. Marion Hobby. Yeah, that's his name. I, I kind of agree with, with Crip. If Lou goes, I think Marion Hobby's up. Now his pitcher, uh, he's the quarterback coach. Is he? Does I, I would assume. I don't think he's. Gonna, I don't think Zach's gonna go outside the organization. I think he's gonna pro from within. So. Could be Marion Hobby and could be a pitcher next year as ROC. I, I think those are two names to watch. Um, but I think Zach's gonna do his due diligence too. Um, 
You think he brings somebody from outside? If he does, it's going to be someone he's worked with. That's kind of been his tendency. He worked. I know. Everybody keeps saying Joe Brady. I'm like, I, I, that Joe Brady thing needs to go away. I don't think that's happening. He's never worked with Joe Brady. Right. It would, it would surprise me. Um, and how? And Joe Brady was the OC in Carolina. How'd that work out? So, well, I don't. I've heard a couple of things about that whole Carolina job with him. There really wasn't his fault, but but he also I mean, didn't have. He didn't he, have he's doing well him. right now in his current position. So, where's that at? I forget the team, but he's a quarterbacks coach, and it's he's doing a good job. Okay. Um, I just I know he's doing well because um, I read a whole article on him yesterday. I just I'm blanking on the team. Um, <laughs> that has a lot on here. I start bringing up points going. Dang it! I just hit it in my brain. And I it out. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell happened? Um, but like with Anna Rumo, he was with Lou in Miami. He was a defensive backs coach. Right. With Brian Callahan. People don't realize this. Zach is married to Brian's sister. Like <laughs> it's and Zach worked under Bill Callahan. Like, and they all worked under the Shanahan family. I mean, he, he really only brings guys in Buffalo. There it is. He's yep. doing I think he's doing okay with Josh in Buffalo. Um eh, all right. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens Monday. <laughs> But Zach has a, a tendency to bring in people that he's directly worked with. That's right. why he brought in Jim Turner right away. And it didn't work, but they went back to Frank Pollock because the Bengals were familiar. Um, I, I don't know what, what they're going to do. It's it's not going to be Mike Zimmer because Mike just signed on with Deion Sanders in Colorado, so we can get that out of our heads. Um, I, I don't know. I'm sure Zach has some people in mind. All right, so ro- rolling so, – so- I hate to bring up, I hate to bring this up, but this is something we have to discuss and we have to think about. This could be the most important offseason of the Cincinnati Bengals franchise. Not only possible coaching changes, but possible players leaving. I, I don't. Oh yeah. I, I don't think they're going to sign everybody. No, you can't. I, I mean, because you got because you got to sign Joe, you got to sign T, you got Logan Wilson, you got to sign Pratt. Um, those are the four of them off the top of my head <laughs> that, that I know that I know we have to so, at least try and sign. It's and not. Got, and they got Jesse Bates too. We all think he's going anywhere. And, it's not a cap space problem with signing all of those players. It is. It's going to be a cash problem. Um, It's going to be that. Well, that's, yeah, that's why they did the naming rights and all that stuff. Yeah. And there's been a lot of stuff where they put the money in escrow. And there's like been that. a lot, but I don't think yeah. people understand the amount of cash that Joe Burrow is going to have backed up to his house. On day one, um, it's going to be a lot. Oh, he's he, the highest paid quarterback in football. He's going to be the highest paid player in NFL history. Call it yeah. what it is. Yeah. Um, right, hopefully, it's backlogged and 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 it won't whatever. Huh? It's not. It's not going to be backlogged. It's going to be front logged. <laughs> yeah, yeah, front log. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, he's going to get yeah. a lot of cash. The yeah. issue is, you have all of these players, right? And some guys aren't going to demand as much cash. Linebackers don't command giant signing bonuses. Receivers do. So if you're going to sign Joe, which I think that's a foregone conclusion. Oh, yeah. They're signing um, Joe. T is going to be the hardest one to retain just based well, on cash. Not and, cash. And, and his cash. freaking agent. His agent is the one that scares yeah, the crap out of me. His agent's a pain in the ass. Uh-huh. Uh, he, if you retain Joe and T, great job. You're going to yeah. lose everybody else in the process, and I am kind of okay with that. Well, um, I'm, not, I'm not okay with losing. I'm okay with losing – Pratt or Wilson. I don't You'll want to lose, lose one of them. them. You won't lose both. You'll lose one. I think it's gonna be Pratt. Gonna be Pratt. Pratt's legitly up. His contract is up. Uh, Wilson's uh, got another year. Pratt's balling out in a contract year. Um, right. Wilson's got another year. And that, and that um, to me, that's the reason they they, they drafted uh, Akeem Davis Gaither too. Well, you drafted two of them. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. They took a third linebacker in that draft too. Don't yeah. forget. Yeah. Um, Marcus Bailey. Yeah, and you can always draft another one. Get right. get one under. I, you I love should, Pratt, but I, I do think he's gone. Now, I, I have a question. Do you think that they would cut ties with Mixon or Boyd to open some money up? I would be shocked if Joe Mixon's a Bengal next year. I'm kind of with you on that. Um, Joe is owed a ton of money, and uh, he's not worth it. I running backs aren't worth it in general. Um, if you're paying Joe, that means you're not paying someone else. Um, because that's a lot of money. You want to have Joe or T take your pick. Now here's another one. Wilson or Hayden Hurst. I'm I'm trying to keep Hayden. I would love to keep Hayden. Um 
but Hayden, Hayden wants to be here. <laughs> like me, between me and a little birdie, um, the, the direct quote I was given is, "He would love to be here, but he understands where he's at on the totem pole for players to get paid." Um, he wants to be here. The Bengals want him here, but the Bengals and Hayden Hurst are both on the same page, which is always good. That you are so far down the priority list. Uh, we've got other guys we got to work with first. Now this is all Burrow with Rob's comment. And this is kind of where I, I've been, where Burrow is more concerned about being a champion. And I'm sure he knows if he drains the bank, he won't have a chance to get there. Which that's where I'm like, I, I, um, I think, here's the thing. I, I would love to say that. And I think that that statement probably meshes with his personality well. Uh, but at the end of the day, you never know until the money's thrown in front of you. Right. Um, I agree with that too, but I mean, that's where I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I think the, the thing with Joe years. that that would support that statement is he's not on TV. He's not in commercials. He doesn't do a ton of advertisements. He thinks all of that stuff's a distraction. He already has said that he makes more than enough money from football. I mean, that's a direct quote from him. Um, I would love to see him go the Tom Brady route and just take, you know, but he's not married to, to Giselle. Well, yeah, he also doesn't have a half a billion dollar supermodel wife bringing in that kind of money. Um, The other issue, and this is where the league would get pissed, because contracts are always based off the previous guy, right? Mm -hmm. And you've got the previous guy and Deshaun Watson getting 100% guarantee, which pissed off every executive that wasn't the Browns. Um, Joe Burrow, if you want him to take... I would be okay giving Joe Burrow all the guaranteed money in the world if the signing bonus was less. I'll do one or the other. And quite frankly, if the signing bonus is less, that that that's the thing people need to focus on. It's not the giant dollar amount. The giant dollar amount's almost already set in stone. He's going to get roughly 21 to 22% of the salary cap. The salary cap's going to be about $225 million. His average annual value is going to be about $50 million a year. The back end of his contract, he's probably going to be making 60 to $65 million. Early on, he's going to be making about $35 million. Not worried about that number. That number is just the trend of the league. The number I'm worried about is that signing bonus number, that cash that's involved in the first day. If he can take less cash... It's more cash for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Cash liquidity is the most important thing for this team right now, and they understand that, and that's why they're doing all of these sponsorships with Paycor. Um, if he takes less cash but takes more of a guaranteed contract, you're going to be golden. If he takes more of a signing bonus, you're you start having to lose some people. It's just a matter of how it's written. Yeah, like I said, they, they can't keep everybody. Now, one thing, now I did read this. I'll go to Rob here. He also said he isn't going to spend it, spend his NFL money once to live off his endorsement. I, I have read where he said that before, which, but again, like you said, he hasn't doesn't have a ton of endorsement. He's got Bose. He's got, he's got more than you think. I mean, he's got Bose. He's got Motor. He's got Kroger. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's 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 actually owns part of a dealership or or owns a deal or or or, or a, not a dealership, but a, a, a manufacturing uh, plant or something like that, and somewhere in northern Ohio, I, I heard. He maybe. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he's bought some stuff. I mean, it's 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 one of those things. Um, All right, let's get the- Joe's also kind of his own interesting little duck. Like, it was, I I have no idea what he's gonna do. I just know it's probably gonna piss off the league and a bunch of agents if he takes less because that's oh, yeah. gonna make it harder for those guys to negotiate with their future clients. Uh, Chandler here says, uh, "How could uh, Tom?" Only do it because his wife, if my wife makes 10% of the money Tom Brady makes, I wouldn't need a job. <laughs> he said, any of these guys. Yeah, you're right. Any of these guys can do it. You're right, Chandler. They just have it. <laughs> Tom's been the only one that's really done it. Right. To, to be honest. I mean, it's just, that's the way it is. I mean, and we well, all hope that's what Joe's going to do, but we don't know. And everybody rips on Tom. Tom's the only guy who has his own personal trainer. Tom's really the first guy to use the personal quarterbacks coach, Tom House. Tom was the guy that took less money. Tom was the guy that doesn't eat strawberries because he found out it hurts your DNA or whatever. Tom's the guy that does all this weird shit everybody makes fun of, but who's the guy that's won and done the most in the league? Mm-hmm. Tom. Yeah, right. At the end of the day, 
if there's one guy that you really want to model yourself after, it's that guy. Tom Brady. Yeah, exactly. All right, man. We're like 35 minutes into this. We haven't done any film study yet. Let's let's, let's get to this thing. I'll bring, I'll bring this up here real quick. So what, what we got? What we got here first? Oh, all right. So this is this is nothing exciting. Uh, this is just a more or less a teaching moment that I, I thought would be fun because uh, we always hear RPO, right? Yep, right. Uh, for those of you that don't know, and I think it's kind of been drilled into our brains at this point, RPO stands for run pass option. Um, and this one just works really well. Um, and I just kind of want to break down what happens here. Um, so, all right. So you, you've got the, the run option right here with Joe to where mm -hmm. he has an inside zone. Everybody on the line is going to crash this way, right? And then you have two reads out this way, right? So you've got the flat tight end who goes this way. And then yep. you've got kind of like a settle down route right okay. here. Yep. Okay. So Joe's got one, two, or three. And on the back side, and I forget which one does it, um, I believe we have a smoker out right here. And then you have an inside slant kind of clearing out this linebacker. Um, so there's really five options on this play. So everybody's like, oh, it's just run or pass. Well, it all starts with this guy right here, uh, this outside linebacker. And he is called. In EMAL, which stands for and man on line, and man on line. A lot of other people just call him an edge rusher or defensive. An emo. Player. He's an emo. EMAL. <laughs> an EMAL. Um, so what ends up happening is they snap the ball, and the idea of an RPO is to get this EMAL to commit one way or stuck in no man's land. Um, he starts to commit and then kind of freezes about right here. Mm -hmm. And at this point, Joe has the option. Um, he can either hand it off. And it's going to be depending on how these gaps get filled by these guys. And judging by the fact that four guys can fill three gaps over there, he's not going to do that. Right? So you've got right. one, two, three, four, one, two, three gaps. And then you've got an outside defender who's going to contain here. Um, this is an absolute no-go for running the ball. Um, so Joe already knows that. Okay? So already he knows he's going to carry out the fake, but under no circumstances he's going to hand that ball off. Right. Um, so now we come down to reading our route concept, which is, like we said, we're going to hold this guy here, yeah. and then we're going to have an outside flat um, once we determine what this email does here. The other thing that we have to notice is we're going to read our safeties, which is the first thing quarterbacks do once the ball snapped. You have a walked-up safety here. He's going to bail. This corner, he's going to bail. The safety, he's going to stay here. This is kind of his zone. You've got this corner. He's going to bail. You've got quarters. Okay. So when you have quarters, that means there's no one in these areas. They're vacant. So how can you tell, tell they're going to bail by what you're looking at? By what I see right now. Okay. Um, Which is. So right now you have a walked off corner back here. Okay. Yeah. And you've got one guy patrolling the middle. So most likely you're either going to have cover two or you're going to have cover three and okay. cover four is just a variation of cover two. You're just running a tra trail technique on the backside with the corner. So by the, those two determine what the rest of them are going to do. Uh, not necessarily in this case. It's just, it's one of those things where you kind of hedge your bets, right? Mm -hmm. um, the other issue is they're trying to disguise it as man, right? So you've got a hat on a hat. You've got a hat on a hat. You kind of have a hat on a hat here, right? And then you've got one here. Um, so what you're going to do initially, right, is you're going to read these defensive backs and see what their first move is. Once you see that this guy dives back, we now have three guys between the hashes and the sideline here. So someone else is bailing um, because he didn't rotate. All right. Okay. If he doesn't rotate and he stays steady, that means if these guys are all bailing, that you have cover four and there's nobody in the flats. So immediately that tells you I have a flat read. So as long as this guy doesn't peel out to the flat, which would be a football instinct okay, um, instead of his actual game plan, we know that this flat's going to be wide open. So we'll let it play a little bit here. You've already got this guy walking back right yeah, now. I see, uh, yeah, I see that. Yep. Okay. You've already got this guy playing a contain. Right. This guy's opened his hips. This guy has not flipped toward the middle of the field. So he's stationary. He's dropping. He's stationary. He's dropping. And he's already dropping. So question again, 
sorry, just uh, can do you think can Joe see that? Uh, you say flipped his hips. Can Joe see that? You think or that to that much detail is what you're seeing right now? So what Joe sees right now, because um, his eyes, right, his eyes are locked in on this guy. Okay, right, and he's already seen him bail. He he his line of vision is about this area here. Okay. And with an RPO, you've already decided ahead of time, I'm not going to this side. Okay. Because of the look we got with the run. So we already know that this half of the field, as as long as you know that this is an RPO ahead of time, you already know this half of the field is a no-go. So as soon as you see this linebacker play contain and this guy bail, and you had another corner who was already 10 yards off just reading that half of the field, which he definitely can do right away, that would tell you that this flat's going to be wide open for the tight end. All right. So then when you people say RPOs are simple, oh, it's just one or two reads. Uh, not the case. Right. And, that, and that's that's what's amazing. He's going to do that like that. So what you'll see, and it's going to be a lot easier from this view, right? Okay. Because we right. always do the flip view. Yep. Okay. So – most likely that's a run fit, which okay. tells you this is a run fit because this guy's got this run fit. Okay. So running into this brick wall, <laughs> no, that's a right. bad idea. Okay. So we already know that the run is off on this side. Okay. That looked like a complete job Madden scribble there, by the way. Right. So <laughs> if the run is if the run is off on this side, okay, and Joe Mixon is on this hip, right? That means his eyes are going to be this way. So anything over here is automatically gone. So pre-snap, Joe knows this is an RPO. That's gone. So now we look over here. Okay. You know you've got a run fit here. You've got a run fit here. You've got a run fit here. You might have a run fit here. Right. Right. And we've already said that what he's going to do is he's going to watch this player. And he's going to watch this guy. All right. Okay. Uh Uh-oh. Oh no! And we lost the show. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> We're good. We'll just run back to that spot really quick. Right. So yeah, Dean. Yes, my my back is bothering me. Yes, that's why I'm standing up. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So we're back to this point. Yep. So immediately, Joe's watching this guy. Mm-hmm. His hips have already turned. <laughs> He's oh, yeah. getting out of here. Yeah, I see that. So he, he okay. sees that before he even snapped the ball. Correct. So when we see, you know, can he see all of this? Yeah, it, it's going to be a progression of reads. Right. So ball snapped. He's hanging out here. Okay. We know we're not handing off. So you've got the two reads at receiver. One is going to be T. I believe it's T and he sits here. And the other one is the flat route. And you want to, you want to make that guy you got circled at the bottom. There. You want to make him think it's a run. You want to, well, they have already done that. And that's why okay. he's already, I mean, he's flat footed. Okay. My guy. He's not going anywhere. Okay. He, he is effectively out of the play. Yeah, right. He's already screwed himself. And there it is. Wide open yep. in the flat. In the NFL, that's wide open. Yeah. And T was pretty blanketed here. So that ball was going to get picked if you throw it. So you're down to that one last read. And like we said, with the corner bailing and the other corner playing 10 yards off to start, it's you know pretty cut and dry there. Right. So I know that's that's a lot, but that's what goes into those simple RPOs you always hear. No, about. I think it's, it's it's interesting to see the what Joe has to to do and the the amount of time or little amount of time he has to decipher it. Right. You know, it's it's a lot of pre snap. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. Um, and then a lot of people would see that and go, "Oh, it's another checkdown." Well, that wasn't right. a checkdown. That was like the third or fourth option on the play that had to be predetermined right away. All right. So this one is, you know, my mouse at work here. This is the, the hell Mary third and 29. Yeah. This is everything that, that right. about broke the Bengals about broke me. Cause I'm like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? Right. How, how the hell did that even happen? So more or less, um, the, the only reason this happens is because, Jacoby Myers hustled his ass off um, and it just bounced in the right spot. Everybody kind of did the right thing here. Um, and I'm, there's no doodling or anything here. We'll just let it run a little bit so we can kind of get an idea. 
Okay, at this point, Mac Jones is setting up to throw right here. Right. I got a question, all right, I got a question for you real, real quick. And this is one thing that, that Chandler said on this play. <clears throat> Do you think Jesse Bates gave up on it? Should Jesse Bates have been in front of that guy and, and they could have uh, knocked the ball down? Um, so there's a couple different philosophies here. Um, and it, it just depends how the coach wants to teach it. Right. Um, I am always someone that says to play down through the ball on jump balls or up through the ball on intermediate routes. And what I mean by that is if it's a situation where a guy's going to catch the ball here, right? Right. And let's say it's, you know, it's just a hitch or whatever. And he, he's bringing it here and then bringing the ball down, right? Everybody's got this tendency to want to slap the ball out, right? Well, if the receiver's hands are coming down and you slap the ball, you're just creating momentum into the cradle, Right. right? So what you teach on short routes is to play up through the ball. So if they're bringing it down, your hands go up through the ball. It creates that inverse of motion that it's going to cause a deflection or at least some friction to cause an issue, right? right. On Hail Marys, when everybody's going to high point, you mm-hmm. want to play behind it. Okay. Because you're, you're trying to get it at its highest point, and most likely these guys are going to catch it high and fall back with it. It's, it's not a situation where you're going to have something lower. So you can play the situation to where you're behind them on a Hail Mary and bat it straight down because Hail Marys are taught to be batted to the ground. Right. Um, which is well, going to be this a, necessary a was, was, done. This, yeah, this necessary wasn't a Hail Mary. No, and that's the other thing. It, it wasn't really supposed to be a Hail Mary. It was definitely going to be deep options. You know, don't get me wrong. I mean, you've got a guy here. You've got a guy here. You've got a guy here. Um and right, this so, is the guy that honestly makes the play. All right. So um, Chandler says this: If Bates goes to the ball, goes to the jump ball, could he have picked it off or knocked it down? Because his guy's in front of him. Well, I mean, he tried to cut in front. All right. So if we're assuming this is Bates, which is really hard to assume on this quality of film that I have. Um, if you assume that that's Bates, he's bracketed and he knows he's got help here. Okay. If it was just Bates, yeah, he's going to jump in front and try and play up through the ball, but he's got help here. Okay. Okay. So if you've already got a bracket, you put one guy in front, one guy in back and try and take care of business. And he erase that before we have an issue going on here. Um, <laughs> and you've just got a guy in the right spot. Um, and when I say the right spot, if we really want to dial this back, when Mac Jones is throwing this ball, Jacoby Myers is right here. Right. This is just a straight hustle play from Jacoby Myers mixed with a little bit of luck. This was not anything that the Bengals did wrong. They flushed the quarterback. They bracketed a receiver. They knocked the ball down like you're supposed to, bat it straight toward the ground on a deep ball. It just happened. Is Bates Bates in the middle there? Yeah, Bates is. uh, Where'd my cursor go? Bates is right here. Okay. Bates ends up playing this hook here. Okay. He ends up dropping back, and they create a bracket between this receiver like they're supposed to. This guy just hauls ass and gets the deflection. Right. It's, oh, no, letting your ink dry. The hell? Um, Um. it, it's the Bengals. Sometimes you play it right and some wacky shit happens. And that's right. all it really comes down to it. When, when we talk about things being sustainable, this is not anything sustainable. This is nothing that you're going to complain about in a film room. Uh, every once in a while, your coach just says, well, shit that didn't work. <laughs> right. They're, they're not going to get mad at this. I mean, here, you'll, you'll see the inverse view here where Mac Jones has to scramble for his life against the three man rush first and foremost. Cuts it loose. You've I mean, got he's, just, he's just chucking that ball down. That double coverage he threw it into, to be honest. This is Bates. He's got a hand on the ball. You've got another guy bracketing. I mean, it's... I Bates, it's is behind, uh, Bates is back there. He's behind the guy running. Yeah, it's, it's perfect defense. Yeah. It's just... Here's the thing. Was the guy that Bates covering catch the ball? No. Did Bates get a hand on the ball? Yes. Did Bates deflect the ball? Yes. Was that designed? No. 
The only reason this guy's in the area is because he decided to haul ass in case there was a deflection. Right. All this was, and it wasn't even a Hail Mary. All no, this guy not. is is creating a Hail Mary atmosphere with extra effort. If anything, Jacoby. That's not Bates behind him. The one you just circled. That that's not Bates behind him. Uh, that might be Bates. I don't know who this is. I'm assuming that's Bates. Now B- Bates is behind. B- Bates is. I'm pointing at the screen like everybody can see what I'm pointing at. But Bates the, is right here. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, the one you circled. You circled before. He's over to the right. Nope. Him? Nope. Nope. Over there. Up middle. Him? Next. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Him? Yep, that guy. There you go. All right. Let's let's see here. So Chandler's saying if he. So we'll go back to the other view here. So where does Bates start on this play? I can't see. He should be. He should be in the middle. That's. Oh, there's Bates. I see him. Who do we got? Who do we got? Who do we got? Well, this guy. Right. Here. That Chandler's talking about. That's the corner from the backside. That's Eli Apple. Okay. Well, I, no, I'm saying that. I don't know if Chandler's saying that or not. I'm, no. I'm saying I thought that was Bates. No, but my, my point is this was played perfectly. Right. It's just sometimes you get a little bit of bad luck. Right. It's right. really all it comes down to. All right. So, speaking of bad luck, uh, Crip brought it up here, and I kind of, unless you have some more to say about that play. No. no I don't okay. want to focus anything more on a fluke. Yeah. Okay. So, that's like getting mad at the immaculate deflection or reception. Oh, whatever. I'm so tired of hearing about that. All right. So he said, Miles, you're not going to talk, touch the Matt Jones fumble or not fumble. So for, what do you first think? And foremost, um, I pick plays that a lot of people don't already kind of go over too much just because I get here on Wednesday and the film's been out for three days. So I try not to be, hey, you know, we can look at the Trent Irwin touchdown. You've already seen 50 times. I try to pick one good and one bad that isn't necessarily highlighted to teach some little idiosyncrasies. But right, no, so what's your, what's your thoughts on it, though? Let's we'll go with that. I I thought it was a fumble. Um, and the, I, ball, I the ball went straight up in the air. I, I don't care if crap his arm went this way. He did not have control of that ball. My, went straight up in my the air. thing is he lost control of the ball before his arm was moving any that, direction. Yes. That, that's, he, he was holding the ball like this, and he squeezed it, and it squirted up. That's right. not a then throw. Then his arm and, went forward. And – yeah, the ball went with his arm, but at the same time, when we see a quarterback go back to throw, every once in a while you'll see him where he loses it and the ball's still kind of just floating here due to inertia and they push it forward. That's not an incomplete pass. It's a fumble. It was the same kind of mechanics, and that's why I was kind of like this should be a fumble, especially since it's underhand. But um, yeah, and, what, and what do I know? I, I, was at, I was at Outback watching the uh... – Second half of Chandler, so we didn't have the sound on. I was in a bus, so they had the uh, closed caption on. What it looked like, the referee in the booth was saying he had control of the ball. I'm like, how in the hell does he have control of the ball when his hand does this and the ball goes straight up in the air? That is not, and then his arm goes forward. He, That's he not lost control. control before throwing motion, right. in my opinion. That's yes. and, and they reviewed it and still called it that. I'm like, That's just that. I don't. Yeah, so now uh, I, I thought he lost control before throwing motion. That's where I was yeah. at with it. It's it just I don't know. And the funny thing, I, I had I had after I did my victory, it wasn't a victory lap, it was more a more a victory scream outside of Outback. I had somebody go, "Well, the refs gave you gave you guys that game." I said, "Are you watching the same game?" I said, and I just tweeted back. I said, "Don't be a sore loser." <laughs> like, like th- there's the no way the refs gave us game? anything on that game. That game was a complete meltdown in the second half. The refs didn't give a shit. Right, exactly. Eli Apple get hit with a holding call on a hell very questionable hold. Mac um, Jones should should have got got a penalty on on the uh, chop block or whatever he the, he threw it at Eli on that on that right. Uh, I just, there's quite a. I, I here's the deal. I try my damnedest to never complain about officiating because one, I know I'm biased. Two, um, if there's if I my bias can find three plays on my end, it missed three plays on the other end. So. At most of the time, it's fair officiating. It might be shitty officiating, but at least it's shitty on both sides. Um, and at least you can admit that. 
Yeah, pork chop <laughs> says the NFL <laughs> hates the Bengals. I don't, I don't know if I necessarily. doesn't hate anyone. Well, the thing is, I don't necessarily. I love you, pork chop. I don't necessarily agree with that because the Bengals are the young, hot team. They're an NFL darling right that now. That everybody Anything likes. Things they love them. Right. So it doesn't matter if they're in Cincinnati or not. When you're that team and you're cool, which the Bengals are, you're going to sell a lot of stuff and you're going to sell, sell the product of the NFL. So Here's if anything, deal. I think the NFL wants Wait, the Bengals to succeed. It's no secret the NFL has teams it likes. It's no secret that the NFL has stories it wants to push. If the NFL hated the Bengals, they wouldn't be on Monday Night Football this late in the season against the Bills. If the NFL hated the Bengals, Kay Adams would be told to shut up about the Bengals half the time when she's on TV. (laughs) If the NFL hated the Bengals, Peter Schreger and Kyle Brandt wouldn't be giving out the angry run staff to Samaj P. Ryan all the time. It's it's one of those Whitworth should come back. (laughs) Yeah, they're getting way too much positive publicity from outlets that the NFL controls to be hated by the NFL. Just think of it that way. Exactly. All right, Dr. Tori, you've been on for 56 minutes. I know you got your show tonight. Why don't you tell everybody who you have on tonight so everybody can uh, tune in to rally after we get done with this one? Yeah, it's the commissioner. The com- yeah, yeah. It's a good one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we, we got Commissioner Yaz on the night. We're going to talk to her about uh, some of the stuff that she does with the, the Rise with Yaz segments that she does. Uh, what kind of the perspective of what the Bengals are uh, third thought about um outside cincinnati because she's all over the place she's not local uh it's just you know good little chat there um i'm sure we've got some good stuff lined up for next week i kind of leave that up to greg and cincy james Uh, half the time i don't even know who's coming on until the day of um i I control the spreadsheet i make sure i type it in and get it locked in and then i forget about it um so so you're saying you're saying greg and 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 james have pretty much taken over the show is that what you're saying well i kind of joke about it and i talk to dad about it a lot they do a lot of the legwork james does a lot of the promoting james runs our social media account on twitter James um, is all over getting Kay Adams on your show. I know he is. Every, um, I'm like, dude, God love him. And he Greg does everything on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> um, it it's to the point that Dad and I have like delegated so much of different stuff that I they send me the link for my show. <laughs> and uh, you laugh. I I haven't made a link for that show on Streamyard in months. James does all of that stuff. Dean wants to know where you fi- find your podcast at. Uh, Twitter and YouTube. We do have an anchor account. We're just terrible at putting <laughs> putting this show on there. Uh, I'm gonna make that my New Year's resolution to make sure that after the shows are done on YouTube, that I download and get them uploaded. I mean, we're almost out of space on Streamyard as it is. Yeah, I had so, to delete. Shoot, try, I, try to do I've, a show every day. See how fast you run out of space on Streamyard. <laughs> yeah, I, we're we're about out of space, so I'm probably gonna have to take the next half an hour of my life and and download and delete quite a few videos but no it's um you can find it on spotify and apple podcast when we upload them i think we're about 25 episodes behind um so I'll, we'll oh, get you those guys, up you, there you can watch it you can watch it live tonight on YouTube. you can watch it live um tonight we keep all the episodes on youtube um we it's keep all of the right? twitter streams up yep seven o'clock mondays and wednesdays during the football season um, during baseball season, so summer-ish, if you want to call it that, uh, we, we go down to about once a week, and I don't know if we're going to do Monday or Wednesday, but we'll be down to once a week. Um, but yeah, right now, Monday and Wednesday, um, you can follow us at, at RallyRoundNatty on Twitter. Um, uh, apparently, we have an Instagram that Greg is running, <laughs> so that, that's out there. You have um, no control of your show anymore, so I, I have... Listen, those two guys do a lot of the heavy lifting, man. I'm I don't even know if I'm the face of the show anymore. It's I pay for all the stuff. <laughs> I guess I'm the provider, you know. Well, that's um, good. You pay for all the stuff, they do all the work. That's the way it should be, right? Yeah. Um, half the time dad can't even find the link. We're like <laughs> trying to make sure he gets on there. Oh goodness. Well, make sure you guys check out Rally. Uh, they're on tonight. Like I said, that's seven o'clock, right? Yeah, uh, Dean, it's Rally round the natty on rally. It's not rally around. It's rally 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 apostrophe round. So it's rally around the natty, but it's rally round the natty. Yeah, it's kind of just kind of alliteration. Yeah, it's kind of tricky to find, but it's it's definitely well worth it. Go uh, and and do me a favor when you guys comment on the show, tell Greg 
that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Tell him it's a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas Please, movie. God. It's, it drives him insane. It's just, I, I, I probably won't bring it up on the show just because that joke's kind of run its course, but I'll at least flash the comment up there. To oh, me. yes. Oh, yes. For sure. He'll just lose his ever love of mine. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, so we do Monday and Wednesdays. Uh, Mondays, uh, a lot of time are Monday night previews. Um, a lot of times it's a review of the Bengal game from Sunday. Wednesdays are week previews, and we'll just – we typically have a guest on Mondays to do a lot of, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of recap, actually talk about the game itself. And then the guests on Wednesdays are more uh, creators, um, people that, you know, we're, we're not recapping a game. We'll preview a little bit of a game, but we want to give some other content creators their, their their time to get some stuff out there. Exactly. That's kind of the exactly. format. Well, make sure you uh, guys tune in tonight. Centauri is always, it's awesome. I love the film study we do. And and, and when you have stuff like this, and I, I try to, uh, uh, I won't say uh, pick at you, which I wasn't trying to pick at you. I was just curious what you're saying. I, I I like this stuff. So I hope everybody else does enjoy it. Like I said, go check out Rally. They're on at 7 o'clock tonight. You want to do this again next week? Because you haven't been on it like the last two weeks. Like Bengal Dad was on like two weeks ago because I had, well, like, I, I could get guests on Wednesday. I had Tom Brenneman, I had Shane Graham last week. Well, well, listen, you, you forgot about me last week. And it, it hurt I, I didn't heart. forget. I just, I, I, I had <laughs> Shane Graham on. And then you're like, oh, I'm at dinner. I'm like, oh, uh, don't worry about it. I, I got. <laughs> no. Uh, so, yeah, last week I, I got booted for the boot, Shane Graham. Yep. Um, and then the, the previous week you, you wanted me to come on. I, with I offered you to come on with Tom. Yeah, no, you, you did. Um, yeah. And I've, I've actually met Tom a couple times. Um, he's always been nice to me. Um, I know he's a little bit of a controversial character at times, um, depending on what time period we're talking about. Um, but he's always been nice to me, but my dad's always been a big fan of his broadcasting. So I was like, Hey dad, if you want the opportunity to talk to this guy, cause he's never got to meet him before. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. He jumped on them. I think he called off work for the day. Like, he was prepping for that show for hours. Oh, dude, he had all kinds. Of, I, I'm sure we didn't get the half the stuff he he had. I don't. I write some stuff down. Your dad had lists. Oh, <laughs> was he, like, he was calling me at, like, one or two in the afternoon. Like, what sites do you use for some of your metrics? I want to make sure I have everything. <laughs> that was the most prepared I've ever seen him for a podcast. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love it. Now, you got, you got, you got, to, tell, uh, you got to tell Greg this. You said we're uh, uh poor chunk. <laughs> New Year's a New Year's New Year's uh, Day. I'll movie. toss that one at him. It's no, Die Hard and New Year's movie. <laughs> we'll we'll awesome. get the we'll get the actual ruling from the commissioner tonight. Yes, yes, you had the commissioner on, so you, you should definitely ask her. Do what she says. All right, brother. We'll do this next Wednesday. And uh I'll see you Monday. We're gonna hang out and have some fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know what time we're gonna get down there. I'm picking my dad up. In Beachmont, hopefully I can get there by about five thirty. So we're we're going to be cutting it closer, maybe some tailgate stuff. But we'll 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 be down there. Um, I'd love to get to the tailgate by seven. At we're going to be down there. For... We're we're going to start out in lot B, uh, okay. about four o'clock, and then I'm going to probably mosey on over to lot one, hang out with the hang out with Bomb the boys squad. over there. Yeah, I, I am hoping to get to Bomb Squad by seven and hang out for about half an hour. That's uh, it's, it's just a tight, tight uh, schedule for us Monday. Exactly. I can't wait, dude. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's go. See you next. I'll uh, see you Monday, and we'll do this again next Wednesday. Who day? Yep. Who day? All right, guys. As always, I'm on the air. Why are you calling me? <laughs> Apparently, he's not watching the show right now. He's calling me because I'm. It's I'm. I guess I should be off the air by like four minutes now where we're talking. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. We got a little different camera angle because, yes, my back is hurting and I can't sit on this chair much any longer. <laughs> but, so, I don't know. It's a little different camera angle. We'll see if you guys like it. All right, let's get to the Facebook groups. That let me live stream. And as always, I appreciate every single one of them. They are Hootay Nation, Hootay Legion, Bearcat Ruckus, Radical Reds, the Ohio State Bucknuts. The Ice Bar, and they can follow me on all my social media platforms, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Twitter handle is at Jeff A. Trenable. TikTok is at Iceman90. I'll be pulling the sound off later on tonight, put on the podcast. So if you're listening to this on the podcast right now, how you doing? I mean, I know we do film study, and it doesn't really go as well 
on the podcast, but hopefully you guys got the general idea of what we were talking about. It's on Beanbot, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher Play, pretty much wherever you get your podcast. Please make sure you rate, like, and review. Give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Leave a comment or two so more people can hopefully find my podcast. I would greatly appreciate it. YouTubers, like I said, we're kind of going backwards. We're at 2005, people. I had 2009, so as I always say, if you're on Facebook or Twitter and you haven't subscribed to my channel, why not? Please do so. Go to the YouTube channel, Sports with Strawberry Ice. Hit the subscription button. Hit the bell for the notification. And every time I go live, you'll be notified. God, is it Monday yet? I cannot wait. This is going to be, I think, this has a chance to be the game of the year. You got two of the best teams in football, two of the best quarterbacks in football, two of the best offenses in football going at it, two of the best defenses now. Bobo does not have uh, Miller in there, so that's a good thing for the Bengals. But they're, everybody's banged up this time of year. I think – and this is one thing I want to say to real quick, too. People ask me, you know, are you worried uh, about uh, Akeem Adeniji at right tackle instead of Lel Collins? I am not, to be honest. Um, and there's nothing against Lel. Lel, I think he's played good. Lel has not played up to – what we all had envisioned. I think Akeem can play to the level that Lel has played at. Uh, would I love Whitworth to come? Absolutely. Do I think it's going to happen? Nope. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen, but it's fun. We'll see what happens. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll find out next week. Anyway, see you guys tomorrow. I have no clue who's going to be on the show with me. I don't have anybody scheduled yet, so uh, we'll find out. I got I got some feelers out. Anyway. You guys have a wonderful day. It's actually warming up, you know, out there. I like, dude, like, seriously, it was almost like you could wear shorts and, and, and a T-shirt. It was like springtime compared to the way it was last week. So go out, enjoy the warm weather, weather, and I'll see you guys tomorrow. Ready? And that's just sports, baby. See ya! Yeah, we